Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken Stars. I'm Anna Smith-Spark, author of The Court of Broken Knives. Um, what? Okay. <laughs> I'm Rob Hayes, uh, author of um, books. <laughs> many books, many good books. Many books. Great I'm stuff. trying to remember what they're all called at this point. There's no I'm rules. Author of the Paternus Trilogy and all the books that those two put out. Great. Um, I should also clarify, just for people listening the first time, uh, that is not Anna Smith-Mark. That is Michael <laughs> Carl Fletcher. Yeah. Although we should definitely have her on sometime to chat about all things writing. Um, this episode is going to be about secondary characters. Uh, so our main characters, sorry, our primary character usually gets a lot of focus uh, when we're talking about how to write better stories. But I think secondary characters are equally important because without them, it can just feel like you have this one really vividly imagined person in a world of cardboard cutouts. So what do we think about when it comes to our secondary characters in our stories? Uh, so I've stumbled across uh, the trick to writing fantastic secondary characters, which Ooh. I will share with you. Wow. So you have Deep to start out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> start off. What's most important here? You have to be really dumb. Luckily, <laughs> I am. So what you do is you think that this is actually a primary character and you write the entire book giving Ephra from the City of Sacrifice series her own chapters because she is a key point of view character. And then after you've written the entire book, you go, you know what? That's too many fucking point of view characters. I want to chop it down to two. And so you rewrite all of her scenes from somebody else's point of view. And all of this depth comes through because you actually, you wrote all her stuff. You know exactly what she's thinking now. So do way more work than you have to do. Do it completely ass backward, uh, and it's way too much work. But in the end, you'll have this character 
who is actually as deep and well thought out as all of your main characters because she actually was supposed to be one. I think I, I know I know another trick. I heard another trick um, oh, which ooh. plays into that one. Do share. Uh, but with slightly less effort, I feel, which ah. is uh, take all of your secondary characters um, uh, and before you write them and, and make a list of 10 things about them that will never make it into the story. They might be thinking like, this character hates the color blue because it reminds them of the sky. I don't know, whatever. Um, but there's just these 10 things about this character that, that well, you never intend to actually put into a book. And then they make their way into the book. Mm -hmm. um, just through the natural process of um, wizardry that is offering. Which is, it's kind of like what, what Michael said there, uh, but with slightly effort, less effort because you don't then have to rewrite an entire book from a different point of view. Yeah, that's probably, probably a good idea. But I mean, the, the lesson there is, is this, the same though. You know, if you have a little background, now I don't, I do write a lot of background for my characters, including the secondary characters, but I wouldn't say I write out these, all these, I don't hit all these numbers. Basically, like um, my characters are a little easier to research some of them because they're myth a lot, they're characters from myth. So I decide which characters from myth, a lot of them were multiple ones. And then, um, and then I, know, I know what that's like, then I know, I know what they're like and I never use any of that stuff. Like Rob said, it, it kind of seeps in, but at least I know. And somehow the readers, it comes across to readers that the author knows what they're talking about, right? And that there is a past for this character, even if you never really say what it is. Um, and, and things, little hints, like if somebody comments about something that happened in the past, um, uh, those things come organically. Uh, I see that kind of thing get forced in, especially TV. Um, oh, remember that time in, you know, Tijuana? Oh yeah, that was a terrible mission. Let's do that again. You know, you see that so much and it's so forced. It's like, it's like, you know, As you know Bob. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just gets, for me, character, uh, secondary characters, um, I have to think about how are they going to serve the story? Um, what about the world and about the other characters and the, the main characters in particular, are we going to learn by having this character in there? Otherwise, they really don't need to be there, right? If we can learn something more about the world, if there's something they can teach, right, the, the, the main characters, then they're important, I think. Um, because we only really learn about characters through their interaction with other characters. So my, all of, I try to make all of my secondary characters those kinds of, uh, kinds of individuals that, that can, can help add to the greater depth of the story or the growth or learning um, of, the, uh, of the main character main character that's um a really useful way to think about it and and that's sort of how i think about it as well in terms of thinking about all your characters as part of this sort of interconnected web and through all of those different relationships between them it's sort of commenting on the story's theme or concerns in slightly different ways so maybe you have your main character who for example thinks that money is the root of all evil 
then you have a secondary character who's like, no, money's great. You can use it to like help get people out of bad situations, whatever. Then you have another character who has a slightly different slant on that theme. And through all of the different perspectives on it, it makes it more complicated and more interesting for the readers to explore. Um, an interesting thing, picking up on some of the things that we're going around with here, is we're all talking about how it's very important to sort of consider the story from the secondary character's perspective, which I totally agree with. But how do you balance that with not getting overwhelmed? Because if you have dozens of secondary characters, is it too difficult to try to keep track of everything from that? How do you kind of create secondary characters in a more simplified way if you do have a big cast and you don't kind of have the mental energy to juggle all of their perspectives? I think the one way to do this uh, is um, harkening back to our previous episode of editing. Um, so, I mean, I, I've, I've recently just written um, a book with 17 characters. <laughs> I mean, I'm, there's obviously more characters, but uh, it, it focuses, there's one main character and then there's 16. Actually, there's not, there's 15. I've been making this mistake the entire way through because I can't count. Um, so there's like 15 other uh, characters who all have at least one point of view, but they are secondary characters. Um, and when I went into it, I had no idea who most of them were. They all just had a name. Um, and it was only throughout, uh, as the story progressed, um, that I figured out who the characters were um, individually, uh, which is one of those things that I can now go back and change in the editing to make them stand out more and make them uh, more in line with who they are. Uh, or are eventually but back at the beginning. So, yeah, I mean, editing, it's, it's, uh, it's harkening back to the previous episode, but it saves, it saves lives. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Oh, sorry, Rob. That's right. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I, I approach secondary characters really the same way I approach main characters. Um, you know, when I'm writing their bits, even though it's not from their point of view, um, I have some idea in my head who they are. Now, I, I don't plan it all out, but each character has sort of like a feeling to them uh, for me. And then I, I, I literally role play in my head their scenes. Um, I, I actually don't really think of char secondary characters as secondary. They're as crucial sort of to the story. Um, I'm... I, I don't plan much, so I don't put a lot of thought. Secondary characters, to me, they're not there as foils. They're not there to make the plot work. They're there because of something like the main character did. Um, and they're just part of the sort of ongoing train wreck fallout that I'm, <laughs> you know, sharing with the poor reader. Yeah, I mean, that I was basically just going to say sort of the same thing, is that... Um, Secondary characters, to me, besides helping, you know, do all the things I talked about, um, they, they are like, you know, they'd say that the, the, the bad guy is the hero of his own story. Um, each of the secondary characters is there thinking about things, thinking about what's happening, um, acting within the environment. I have a lot of, like, large group scenes um, where a lot of characters are interacting at the same time. And, and even if one just comes in at the end and says something, um, I, in my mind, they are the central character of their story. Um, 
and they're there all the time. They're always thinking about what's going on. They don't just like pop up like a like you know a cardboard target and deliver their line and, and disappear. And and you'll we've we've read books where that kind of happens. Um, I try or or I hope they don't uh, um, in my books. But uh, that's I just try to make sure that I'm thinking about the entire milieu of what's happening and what's going on um, so that when they do speak, it's within context of all that and, and help, hopefully helps bring about um, the kinds of, the, the fact that they are, that they really exist and have existed through this whole thing. Does that make sense? That does, yeah. Like, like, uh, like Fletcher says, where he likes to role play all of his characters um, so that, He's a big schizophrenic mess. Um, imagining a scene, you know, you, you've got a scene, you know what's happening, but then maybe try imagining it from your secondary character's point of view. So, you know, I mean, it can be hard work. If, if like, Dirk, you've got, like, a dozen characters all standing around having a massive confab and you're trying to imagine it from every single one of their point of views, it's it's a lot of work. But, you know, if if you've just got sort of a scene with a few characters in, it's it's obviously a lot easier. You can just be like, okay, how, how would this scene go? You know, obviously, same thing's happening, but how would this scene go from this character? And it'll help you give them a lot of depth and uh, understanding as to why they're in that particular scene and what they're doing in it, what they hope to achieve in the scene that you've put them in. Yeah, and I, you know, I run into, I don't know if you guys have run into this, but um, where in a rewrite, in the, back in the edit, I'll realize, okay, I've had this character comment on this or bring up this point. And I'm like, you know, it really shouldn't be that character. It should be this character. And I'll actually switch who says the lines and then reword because they all speak in a, in a slightly different way. And I think that's important too with secondary yeah. characters is give them a distinct voice, um, whether it be an accent or the way they speak or just how they say things, you know, uh, are they always a little understated in the way they talk or are they, huge, are they big and and gregarious and overblown in the things that they say. Um, they speak in grand hyperboles and stuff like that. So I'll change that. But I, that happens a lot where, you know, maybe uh, maybe Freya says something, but I'm like, you know, Peter really should have said that because he would have more knowledge of that subject, you know, so I'll, I'll change it that way. Mm, keeping that like consistent tone with the character. Um, we're just going to pause quickly for this episode's featured book, which actually ties in kind of nicely to this discussion about secondary characters. Uh, the book is Fires of the Dead by myself. Um, I, I'm not holding a copy if you're watching the video feed right now because it's currently getting the cover redesigned for the one year anniversary. And also because the first cover was made by me and it was a little bit crappy. So depending on my editing skills, it might be here somewhere. The new cover might be here if you're watching on the YouTube feed or it might not. I want to see um, the old one. Oh, okay, I'll get it up. I'm wearing pajama pants, so you might see cover. pajama pants for a second. Anyway. <laughs> there is... Come on, show us your jammies. So yeah, if you are not benefiting from the video feed on the YouTube channel, apologies. Um, basically, the book cover is just sort of like a parchment map with a sword on it and some blood. Um, anyway, the book is about a uh, group of mercenaries some of whom have fire powers and they are going into this desolate wasteland of a forest to try to steal a dead sorcerer's skull. And the book is told from the point of views of the different characters within this particular thieving crew. 
Um, and for me, it was quite an interesting writing experience because I'd usually written things that were single point of views. Um, it was very easy keeping track of the main character, but perhaps the flaw of that was that my secondary characters didn't get as much attention from me. But with this, because I was forced to do point of views from uh, every person in the main kind of mercenary crew, it really forced me to see how they approached the world in different ways, how they solved similar problems in their own unique methods, um, and basically just how they were different as people. So that's Fires of the Dead uh, by Jed Hearn. Link in the show notes um, as always. And yeah, hopefully the redesigned cover will be up by now. So it'll look a bit better than that one. Um, but yes, back to our discussion about secondary characters. I think one of the things that's sort of coming up here as a recurring thing is giving them a ghost and giving them a goal. So what I mean by that is giving them a ghost as in something important in their backstory doesn't have to be a traumatic event um you know it doesn't have to be a stereotypical like oh i'm an orphan because my parents died so that's going to motivate me to do these things it could be as simple as like they uh, i don't know lost control at something or they you know something didn't go as well as they wanted it to go and then that sort of led to them becoming who they are uh, and then the goal is how they have sort of taken what has happened with their ghost and how they're channeling it into the story. Um, I think giving secondary characters a goal, whether it's only, you know, a small thing, like they want to win this conversation or they um, want to uh, beat the character in this race or whatever. Um, for me, that really adds a lot of depth to them. And it feels realistic as well. And it comes back to that whole idea of what we're talking about as to how they should, you know, be sort of the central character in their own story. Yeah, and, and, you know, a lot of characters can have multiple, secondary characters can yes. have, have multiple things like that. Like, um, this character wants to prove themselves to this other character. This character really has kind of a crush on this other character. This character, you know, or it can be the same character can have this, you know, all these things going on. Um, and those are just the kinds of things that real people deal with. It's always a little bigger. Mm -hmm. Um bigger, larger than life, but uh, it doesn't, <clears throat> everything doesn't have to be, you know, and, and the way, because of their past, the way they react, like, you know, if, if two characters come upon uh, a bad guy, one of them wants to question him and the other one just cuts their head off, you know, because that's the kind of character they are. Um, those just like simple things like- Dragons group I've ever played with. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but those are those those are the kinds of things that make characters distinct and and feel more real. I think tr another trick you can sort of um, use, especially if if you're sort of fairly new to it, I suppose, is to um, pick a secondary character and write the scene. Just doesn't have to be a scene that's going to go in the book. You know, it, it might just be them and their buddies sitting around a campfire cooking stew. Uh, and them talking about their past, or it can be, you know, essentially a little short story of something they did. But just get inside the character's head by writing something from their point of view, um, and or just help you write the whole book like that, like Mike does. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do it the hard way. <laughs> but it's it's just a way of helping figure out who the character is, and you know, their voice, that that character's voice, which will then. Um, hopefully, even though they're not going to be a point of view character, will bleed onto the, the page um, through another character's point of view. It's kind of like uh, how actors, actors do like method acting where they, you know, do all this extra getting into character 
that doesn't really come across on the screen because the camera is not recording, but um, you know, it helps when they actually get into the role. And in the same way, yeah, you can do method writing where you're sort of writing about things that aren't going to be in the story, but will make it clearer how that character should behave in the story. There's the title of your book on writing. Method, method. writing. <laughs> method writing. How to become a crazy writer for fame and fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure any most writers have either of those things, but uh, <laughs> that's why we sell. What is this fame and fortune you talk about? Uh, I believe that uh, Michael R. Fletcher has a monopoly on those, so you will uh, have to ask him personally. Right, right. <laughs> um, Maybe what are our other thoughts on secondary characters before we start to wrap this episode up? I, I like to use them uh, to lure characters, main characters, into uh, stupid conversations. Huh. Uh, I like it's it's a chance to sort of it, you know, because real life all conversations don't revolve ar around motivating around moving a plot, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes, <clears throat> and, and there are, there are nice moments, and you know, I know there are writers who are like, oh, if it doesn't move the plot, cut it. Um, I'm of the fuck that school. I'm of the, you know, if it's a nice moment and, you know, it sort of hooks you in the character a little bit more than maybe it stays. But um, because your secondary characters, they're different people. They have different motivations, different opinions, different backgrounds. Uh, I, I love, uh, I, I love dialogue. I, I, I love conversations between main and secondary characters where, you know the they will disagree over something and you know it's it's a great chance to sort of uh to learn something about both characters um yeah hmm. one, one thing that would that we haven't brought up and um for some reason um joe abercrombie popped into my head um is physical traits of secondary characters um uh making the you know if, if all of your characters are six feet tall 175 pounds with no scars and dress the same you know it's kind of kind of boring and difficult to picture them in your head um sometimes i go overboard especially in book one but i kind of did that on purpose in describing uh the physicality uh, of certain characters um and that that goes away as the book goes through because i don't feel it's as necessary but um you know, having having a character, um, you know, characters that do have uh, certain physical traits, and anybody who's read uh, um, the First Law trilogy, you know, uh, Abercrombie almost gets cartoonish in how he describes his characters with great bulging eyes and and tattoos all down, breathing real hard all the time. You know, it's it's, it's really um, kind of funny, but it's fun. And you don't have to go quite that far, but the characters do have to be different physically. You know what I mean? Um, and very often the way they look is very much how they're perceived even in the way they act. Though it is fun sometimes to have a great big grisly looking character who has a really high voice and, and you know, is, is very, you know, might be very meek unless until the fight comes on and then they just kick everybody's ass, you know, but the phys, but that sets up this fun dichotomy. So those kinds of things, the physicality of characters, secondary characters is important as well. I think I you think. can, you can get away without 
over describing them by you know sort of you pick something and it might be like uh this character has a bushy mustache and then you let the reader fill in the rest basically you sort of it, it's very much a sort of relying on the the reader's imagination but that's, that's obviously that's, that's a trick that you can use anyway it's one of the best things you can do as a as an author but yeah just give them something almost cartoonish like you know they're, they're very proud of their big bushy mustache and let the reader fill in the rest of the blanks around them um which is it 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 helps describe the character in a physical way um and and also you know gives the uh, the character something suddenly you've created something that they didn't have before that is important to them their mustache or we need an episode on on all horns. the things you don't write that the the reader gets anyway the 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 things you don't say yep. that that paint a picture because mm. there's well, we there's a to that in, in filmmaking there's the you talk about we we talk a lot about um, what you don't shoot and leave out is just as important as what you do shoot and and leave in and and uh, that's the same same with same with with books you know and I have you know said well I think I need to tell this and then it's like you know I really don't you know one or two lines will fill that in um, so and a lot of that trick is to writing efficiently is experience and um, being able to to know that before you spend three weeks writing those scenes right um, or before writing an entire book about was, it, was that a shot at me are you taking a shot at me what was that never mike never hugs, Stung. hugs Stung. Don't, don't touch me don't touch me i'm still angry <laughs> <laughs> on that charming or confrontational note i'm not sure um do we have any other quick thoughts to share before we wrap this one up um i don't know i'd say like remember that secondary characters can grow as well mm. uh you know uh, they can grow and change and that can be just as important to uh, the story and the readers uh, as, as a primary character growth because I mean one of the things to take into account is that your favorite character within the book because as an author we, gen we do tend to have a favorite character may not be everybody else's favorite character in the book mm -hmm. I'm often surprised reading reviews or comments on what characters people like and which ones they don't. And some of them have very little screen time um, hmm. and they're a favorite character for some reason. I was a big fan of Naga. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he's, I'm glad, see? But that's, that's a completely different aside. I'm just I'm <laughs> not aware I'm reading Dirk's book at the moment. Yeah. And then that's the thing is you never know as an author because um, the reception of the book lies in the reader always. Um, no matter what you try to do, it, they, it may not come across, but something you never tried to do, you'll find comes across and resonates really strongly with, with readers. And you're like, oh, wow, I guess I did do that. And, you know, it might have been subconscious, but you were consistent with it and you did do it. And, and that's, that's actually almost a better feeling than, than <laughs> when I'm like, yes, that's what I meant to do. What surprises me is when you create a character who's an arsehole, because I did this, I, I created it in my first book, Harris uh, Within, I created a character who was an utter arsehole, irredeemable pile of trash, and people loved him. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, I, I could not have made the person a more despicable waste of human space, and yet people liked him because he was charismatic. 
so I made him the bad guy in the second book. <laughs> like, right, you liked him. Well, no, I'm not allowing that. Uh, Did people still and, like him then? And they still liked uh, him though, didn't they? No, they didn't. Oh. <laughs> but funnily enough, uh, one of the characters in the first book that everybody, pretty much everybody just said they, 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 they didn't like her at all. Like, oh, she should have died on the bridge back then. Uh, I was like, right, okay, well, she's, you know, secondary character. I was like, I'm, I'm going to make her likable. I'm going to make her relatable. And you're going to like her by the end of the second book. So, yeah, And, I, you know, I have, I have like two types of characters. Um, I have like kind of the regular human young people characters. And then I have these, you know, ancient mythological characters. And you could split right down the middle, the people in reviews that say, I loved the two young characters. I want more of them. I wasn't as interested in these ancient mythological beings. And then the next, the right next review is I love the ancient mythological beings. They, we could have just followed them and done completely without the two young characters. So you never know how people are gonna go. So that means either I did something right, very right, or something very wrong. I'm not exactly sure, but you just never know. We could probably do an entire episode on uh, how to come to terms with reviews. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we definitely should. Uh, yeah, let's let's put that down as a future thing to explore because that is a... And then how to, how to deal with reviews or not deal with yeah. Mm. <laughs> how to take the constructive things from reviews and ignore the bullshit yeah. or aka the uh, thing saying you're not doing it well um, but yes definitely that should be something to explore in the future alright well uh, on that note uh, thank you everybody for listening or watching um, let's spice things up a little bit normally I just end these episodes there but I would love for people who are listening to watch or watching to this if you have read any of our books um, send through what your favorite secondary character was and why. Um, and then we'll try to maybe read out some listener responses next episode uh, when we get together and record it. So you can either drop a comment below if you're watching the YouTube video or you can email wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com um, and I will read all of those and go through it. So let us know what your favorite secondary character is from one of our books. Or it can be from another book if you haven't read anything by us or you don't think our book's very good. Um, and we will try to uh, read through some of those next episode and then uh, maybe we can be surprised by the results or we will find that that's what most people think. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Wizards, Warriors and Words. We hope you learned something useful. We love hearing from our listeners. Our email is wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com, which you can also find in the show notes. I personally read and respond to every email, so feel free to let us know what you thought about this episode. We'd also love to hear your questions. Send in a question via that email, wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com, and we might even answer it on the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and write a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps more people discover the show. Wizards, Warriors, and Words is jointly hosted by Dirk Ashton, Michael R. Fletcher, Rob J. Hayes, and Jed Hearn. Our music comes from Michael R. Fletcher, and our artwork is by Felix Ortiz. Thank you again for listening. Now go and write extraordinary stories. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 